0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Subtle Storm, where we talk about all things about the human experience. And wow, it feels like I haven't been on here in forever. Last, like, this past month, I've had all pre-recorded episodes go out every week, and I did miss miss last week just because all these crazy things were going on, and so I'm finally back here. And a new studio setup, kind of thing, a new room um, that I'm recording in because I did just move, and just feels super different and new. And so I definitely want to acknowledge that. So I'm not just sitting in that feeling by myself right now. Um, it's good to be back. I'm glad to be talking to you guys again. So today we're gonna kind of venture into what a connected conversation really looks like and what it looks like to be aware of yourself and the other person's experience while you're working through your own things and while you're trying to understand their perspective. Um, And this is one of those episodes that's going to be kind of just me talking. I'm not going off of any notes this episode, so bear with me. If it's all over the place, then it's going to be all over the place. So one of the bigger things that I, like, emphasize when I'm communicating about this is... Taking a pause um, in your conversation, and I think a lot of times in general, like the thought of pausing um, in the middle of a conversation, whether it's like you know you're prompted to a question or whether you're just thinking things like that, feels kind of intimidating in a sense. You know, we want to be able to respond immediately to not allow the other per- not like let the other person wait, or you know, you want to be able to quickly respond and have that conversation. But I think a big part of being able to be present in a conversation is being able to pause and reflect on yourself and what they're actually asking you. Um but it makes sense, you know, that all of a lot of us are kind of just like, you know, having difficulties in general with um being patient and gentle enough with ourselves to say, "Okay, I'm going to actually stop for a second here so that I can really like process what's happening and this doesn't just work or it doesn't just apply when we're like pausing to think and pausing to really think about you know the question or sit with our feelings you know this is a big portion especially when dealing with more elevated situations to say I'm gonna take a pause right now to reflect on how I'm reacting to this response and how I my triggers and my traumas for my own personal experiences are coming up and also to reflect on how are their personal traumas and experiences coming up whether you understand them or not you know you can reflect and say I'm aware of this you know and a, lot, a lot of this is going to be talking about conflicts um and navigating through that because I think this this topic comes up most in this. But anyway, um, you know, you can be aware of certain conflicts, not conflicts, certain like traumas that the other person has, or you can be making inferences and just holding space for them to have had human experience as well. And I think that's a big, big portion of a conversation, especially when we're trying to resolve it or when we're trying to lovingly assess the situation at hand and so by taking this pause I think it really allows for us to you know at certain points take ourselves out of the conversation and really look at the full spectrum of the interaction you know I always say that there are four people if you have a, a double person relationship, you have more than just double the number. Um, you know, there's there's four people in a relationship or four things in a relationship, and it's your conscious and subconscious mind of each individual person. And so all of those things are interacting. And by taking that pause, you can really take time to reflect on what, you know, what those roles are playing in this conversation. And this can go not even just for conflicts, but I think it's, sorry about the siren, <laughs> I think this can go for any conversation, and I often use this um, as one of my, I guess, in a way, coping strat mechanisms of when I first meet people, really monitoring and, like, kind of observing the way that their subconscious and conscious minds are coming out. Um, I think that's what makes me so equipped for behavioral sciences and topics like this because I am hyper aware to how people interact and you know, the potential of their own personal traumas that I can kind of assess in certain moments. And not that it's my, you know, even business in some sense, but it helps me get a feel for the person, their level of safety in, in regards to me and also where they are in life. Are we going to have a conversation that I can be open and vulnerable in or are we going to have a conversation that I need to keep my guard up a little bit or even a conversation that's going to benefit or you know have you know I don't know aspects of it that will contribute to my life and my awareness and my knowledge or is it going to be a surface level conversation that I probably will still want to keep my guard up for um and you know, that's being open and vulnerable with you guys about how I operate, but I think a lot of us do that in different ways. You know, some people might be more open. I mean, the way that I approach is usually more open and loving and approachable, but at the same time, I'm not really giving you much of who I am because I'm still monitoring to see if you're safe from me or not, and that's based off my experiences. And if I think a lot of people who are aware enough to assess me would be able to tell that that's what I'm doing. Um, and we all have our own mechanisms for that. And we all have our own mechanisms for relating. And this a big part of this comes in with attachment styles. And, you know, some of us are going to be more a little bit more avoidant and standoffish. Some of us are going to be more like easily attached and really wanting to like connect with you and, you know, make a Make an impact on you. Some people are gonna have a an ego that's driving them and want a couple different ways. One could be like they could have some deep insecurities and they really want you to be the one to fulfill them, or you know they could. I mean that's the biggest one with, when it comes to that. But yeah, there's a lot of different ways that we relate. Um, there's a lot of different things that we can be aware of in those types of conversations, and I think it is a level of protection and a self for for in a sense, for ourselves to remain safe in our own energy and also to be aware of this, the conversation that's being had by taking a pause and saying, okay, I see where I'm operating from right now. Maybe it's my conscious brain, maybe it's my subconscious brain being triggered or whatever it may be. And, oh, I see where they're operating from because I took this pause and... I also see what the bigger picture in this is, am I going to get at something out of this conversation, whether it's knowledge, um, or in some cases it might be upper hand, I'm not trying to like, you know, invite that, but you know, some people have different motives, um. And that can mean different things for different situations. But yeah, am I safe? You know, am I going to be able to make a new friend out of this? Is this a potential partner? Like, you know, being able to assess things like that in the moment, I think are quite important to the context of our own narrative within ourselves. (laughs) And that's, I think, you know, the bigger concept of this is how are we going to be able to perceive this with ourselves? Because I think at times, like especially within conflicts, we get so caught up in certain parts of our mind, like whether that's, you know, being super rational and intellectualizing everything that's happening and not being able to see, you know, the feelings on the other side or um, not being able to understand the lack of intellect being used or whether that's like being caught up in the triggered aspect of our minds, you know, it works in so many different ways. And we start to hyper focus on those things. And then it makes it harder to actually connect with the other perspective or perspectives that are happening within that conversation, or even within ourselves, because we do have multiple narratives that are going on with ourselves. And especially when you get caught up in like the triggered aspect or things like that, we forget to see that there is also a logical aspect of it. There is also this conscious aspect. There is also this fluid, this loving, and there's so many different perspectives in every single scenario. And this also could even be me talking from my own triggers and how I, you know, am constantly assessing situations for, you know, different perspectives and trying to like understand from all different viewpoints and, um, find some level of of logical or logic and safety behind it so I also acknowledge that some of this information might not apply to everybody some people might not want to be able to see every perspective at least in that regard especially people who may have a hard time with overthinking and things like that to add that to the narrative of all the thoughts that you have racing it can be really difficult um but there is a you know a healthy way of doing that you can dwindle it down into kind of like you know one perspective or two perspectives like the conscious and subconscious mind what's happening or whatever feels good for you I think it is just important in general to consider that there is more perspectives within ourselves than just one and also within a conversation and that helps us I think in general also to just be open-minded and more loving and charismatic to the people that we interact with in life from the people that we see outside of our own life and another big aspect, I think, of a connected conversation, um, especially in regards to conflict, is accountability. Um, accountability for our own traumas and triggers and how they play a role in how we interact and how we show up and how we react to certain triggers and things like that. And also to how we think. You know, I think it, it might sound counterintuitive to take accountability for our thought patterns, but, you know, at the same time... We can also, it's the same thing, similar thing to how our feelings aren't always factual. And same thing with thoughts. Our thoughts aren't always true. They are just kind of thoughts that come up, and a lot of them are, majority of them are in, maybe not majority, a lot of them are a result of our childhood experiences. So, you know, it's not necessarily, and I think this is where I've struggled with it in some aspects, it's not taking accountability for the things that have happened to you that aren't necessarily your fault, but they are taking accountability for the recognition of that this is an aspect of you that is necessary to communicate so somebody can show up for you better and understand you better. And that's even another aspect of this is having like an expectation um, or a boundary even set for your partners, for friends, and whoever you you interact with in life that is maybe not family necessarily, but of importance to you, that their goal is to love you and to further understand you and who you are in all aspects, that you're accepted, you're loved, and that they are open and willing to hearing who you are, and however you're grappling with that fact right now, and that they hold a level of patience for you, and however you learn to acknowledge these aspects of your mind, and acknowledge the aspects of their own, so I think one of the bigger parts is that it goes kind of round and round in that regard, like, you are open and willing to hearing their perspective, their traumas and triggers, how it's affecting them, and they take accountability for how they're showing up and how they want to continue to show up for you and vice versa. You know, you take accountability for the things that have, you know, you've experienced, not necessarily taking accountability for them, but for how it's affecting you now Um, because ultimately you know we don't choose the thing that's happened to us but we choose the way that we interact and that we show up in relationships based off of the things that we experience and it also can be a little bit hard to even acknowledge that in some ways because we do operate so often out of our unconscious mind and especially when we're kind of we haven't awakened in some regards to the ways that we've grown up and the ways that we have learned to live that it can be really hard to even acknowledge or take accountability. We're stuck in that like kind of um, surface level or subconscious loop. Um, But we can't always expect ourselves to run rampant out of that loop and just find ourselves and awaken and and know how to do these things. It takes work and it takes practice. It takes a certain level of um, courage and honesty with ourselves. Um, It it takes a large level of honesty with ourselves. And that leads me into the next one I want to say is, you know, honesty when it comes to a connected conversation is being forthright, being honest, um, owning, another part of accountability is owning your shame, your feelings, your, whatever, whatever it is, whatever's coming up for you, um, be open and honest about it, allow your, yourself to pause, reflect in yourself of what's happening for you in that moment, and communicate it, and be honest about what you're feeling, and what you're thinking, and seeing, and, um, And again, this, not again, but these things don't always apply to an abusive relationship or, you know, extremely toxic environments, especially when they're going to use these types of things against you. So just keep that in mind. Not all people are ready for a connected conversation. Um, But when somebody is also reciprocal and willing to hear you, these are the things that I think, Can absolutely help. And of course, they're not all of them. Um, I'm not going off of anything today. So these are just coming off the top of my head. But yeah, I I think it's a big thing to consider because in a toxic relationship or an unhealthy or... um, dysregulated relationship of any sort, these types of things can actually be a lot worse and make a situation way more difficult and complex than it was before, Um, especially when you're dealing with somebody who um, has more internalized shame that they haven't allowed themselves to um, even access with themselves let alone acknowledge and so maybe you calling it out or being upright and honest about your feelings may feel may make them feel smaller and may uh, arise in a more dysfunctional cycle of abuse so just be more aware of who you're having trying to have these conversations with Um yeah anyway <laughs> I think another big thing to consider in a connected Conversation, sorry, swipe the mic. (laughs) Connected conversation is listening, Um, attentive listening, patient listening, understanding listening. Um, We want the person who we're listening to feel safe in our understanding of what they're expressing and our, you know, intent behind what they're expressing. We don't want to make somebody, like we just said, kind of, we don't want to make somebody feel small. We don't want to make somebody feel um, less than for having emotions or, you know, we don't want to make somebody feel anything really for having emotions or for even expressing. You know, remind ourselves in those moments that you know somebody even being able to express what they're feeling and seeing and conversate conversing with you about is brave. Um, if, if you're having trouble. Um, Listening by reacting and things of that nature, remind yourself of how brave it is for that person to be expressing to you, and also how much of an honor it is to be receiving information from their mind in such an honest and vulnerable way. If that were to be the case with the conversation, of course. Um, but I think, yeah, the biggest thing is also to be open minded when we're listening, to keep our minds open. Um, And especially in those moments, too, especially if somebody is, like, sharing with you their perspective of an action that you did, um, or an action that was, like, or, or how something you've said made them feel, things like that, um, it's important to listen, to hear them and also remind ourselves that everybody has their own perspective and this is another one of those pause moments to recognize like they're sharing with me something from their own personal experience based off of their previous life experiences I may experience the same situation differently because of my life experiences and so by acknowledging that we can hold space for the other parties you know life and their experiences within this moment and also within their lifetime and you know allowing somebody to exist within their experience is very important and again this doesn't apply for somebody who's trying to manipulate you or you know use you in certain ways and I think that is kind of necessary in this conversation to acknowledge because we shouldn't be holding space for somebody trying to hurt us or manipulate us in that regard so yeah, just keep that in mind. But yeah, I think being open-minded, hearing them, um, first the first thing to do is really to hear them. Um the next thing I think in a connected conversation is to give reassurance to especially when we're talking about conflict, this is very much so focused on conflict things in that regard, but can also be applied to other things. Um give reassurance, give acknowledgement that you heard them. A primary emotion, uh, a deep, deep-rooted emotion that a lot of people, you know, feel is not feeling seen and not feeling heard. So the biggest thing and the best thing you can do for somebody when they're expressing to you is tell them, I heard you, or I see you, or I understand you, and I hear where you're coming from, and I can, or empathize with them at the same time, um, you know, I understand where you're coming from. I can imagine that must have been difficult for you you know allow their space before you share your experience um if you even want to if you feel like it's necessary um of acknowledgement of their emotions you know i hear you i i understand and i'm holding space for what you're experiencing um i'd love to hear more about this you know get curious curiosity is a really big part i think of connected conversations you know um how did this make you feel um I had a different experience of this. Can you share more about this so I can understand better? Um, You know, get curious. Be willing and open and and loving and wanting to understand their experience better. You know, I want to get to know you better, so I would love to hear more about this. Or, you know, the reassurance aspect can come in of, like, you know, I love you and I want to hear more about your experience. And... I want to be able to understand you and how your mind works more. So I'd love if you shared more about this or I'm really grateful that you shared this with me. Thank you. Um, Things of that nature. And after that has been addressed and they feel like they've gotten everything off and have been able to converse more and more with you, say, um, would you be open and willing to hearing about my experience now? Or if, if you feel the need to... Um, would you like to hear about my experience now or or should we wait? Um, Are you in a space to hear about mine? And that's a big part of a connected conversation in general is the openness to wanting to hear both sides. I think even if they're not in the space to hear you at that moment, there should still be an open and willingness to acknowledge the fact that you still had experiences as well. And There is never one side of a story, so there should always be some level of openness and accepting this, that there might be two different perspectives of one situation, and that's where, like, the biggest thing, I think, of any conversation is in the understanding and openness in that regard, and I'm sure there's so many more things that I'm missing and can't think of. Um, But I think those are the really big ones that stand out to me off the top of my head. You know, listening, hearing, acknowledging, reassuring, pausing, um, considering, reflecting, all of those big things. And this is really a biggest biggest thing, conflict. I've said it before in this a couple times. But yeah, I think, but you can also use this in any conversation, you know, let's say that you're having a conversation about your love for a movie. Um, and it it can you know, somebody may say, I love this movie because of this scene and because of this actor and da 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 and you know, the other person might be like, Oh, that's really cool. I enjoy that. I, like that was a cool part of that movie. Um my favorite part was also was this though, and this is why I like the movie and so we allow the space, I think, more often for that to exist in different settings and scenarios, and I think we also have the capacity to do that in our conversations, but just to show that that <laughs> this exists in multiple levels of communication. And the biggest thing is to, you know, communicate <laughs> whatever you're feeling, experiencing, or going through. Allow yourself um, the awareness enough to know that you have to communicate something, and Be ready to communicate and allow, if you do have fears of that communication, express that. You know, the biggest part of communication is to communicate everything that you're experiencing and it does depower um, a lot of those more intense emotions to express them. So that's all I got for you guys today and I hope you enjoy and um hopefully soon i'm going to be making a new instagram account just for the podcast so stay tuned for that it might be in the show notes um uh, but it will definitely be next week so stay tuned for that i'll keep you guys updated and post some cool stuff um and potential new people coming on so yeah i hope you have an amazing day namaste thanks for listening